0: Bring a sweater, Lady and Elena's Archival Research Adventure. A podcast series about spending our summer with 17th and 18th century
1: documents. Library of Congress.
0: Yesterday, we were in Washington, D.C. at the James Madison Building of the Library of Congress, which is where. Any of the research that one does is done in that building. We drove to DC, which, side note, DC is a crazy place to drive in. Watch out. (laughs) But you can find parking. We found it for $15. I just want to let everyone know. Which is a rare find. So just test your luck. (laughs) But um, we, yeah, so we went to the James Madison building. We had to go through security. And then we had to go get our reader's card. Yeah. Actually, going through security was kind of fun, (laughs) which
1: isn't the usual situation for a lot of security situations, I suppose. But they made it really enjoyable in a way. So uh, when you go through, there's like this dry erase board that they had where they ask, who wrote the song yesterday? And they thought us young and millennials wouldn't know. And we proved them wrong. So take that,
0: older yeah. generation. <laughs> <laughs> we did know the answer. I was kind of scared for a moment because I was like, if we, if I were to get it wrong, would they still let me I know, in? I, I don't know, know
1: what this <laughs> is. We thought that was our ticket into the Library of Congress. I felt Line. a little, I was a little
0: nervous. Uh, so yeah, we um, oh went to the, there's a room like off to the side where you go get your reader card, which um, you can either, we didn't know, but you can pre-register online. Um, but it takes only a couple minutes mm-hmm. to do it there. So you just go onto the computer and you type in your information, just basic information, the stuff that's on your driver's license. Make sure you bring an ID. Um, well, you need yeah. a state ID or like a passport or something um, to be able to research there. Mm-hmm. And then you take your photo for your card yeah, and you it was get an, an official card. One of those, do
1: I smile? Do I not smile? <laughs> do you want to smile? Did, one of those situations, but everyone was really nice. There too. And I think another thing uh, that I realized in that room was our dress, like the way we were dressing is that like, you see, there were actually two um, educators is what they call themselves. One was like history nerd and the other one was like history teacher. And I was like, Oh, that's nice. Like, like, that they're there at the Library of Congress, right. you know, doing research. And I thought that was uh. really endearing. Uh. Um, and then they're just, like, regular people going to the library. And, like, they're wearing shorts and T-shirts and hoodies and sneakers. And we're there just, like, a like a three or four level. And, uh, I mean, obviously, we do want to present ourselves um, professionally and respectfully and everything. So it made sense. But it was interesting to see that people also going to the Library of Congress, you know, the they were they uh. were pretty chill in the way that they dressed and I thought that was interesting Um, it made me realize that like you know research is research no matter where you go whether it's at like a courthouse or the local library in town or the national library of the entire country you know um, you do your research where you do do your research and I thought that was kind of cool to see at least in fashion form (laughs) without any other way of explaining that
0: yeah, I mean, while we were only there for a day, luckily, um, you know, because we this, we got the stuff we needed and, and it, we had the really the perfect amount of time, um, you could definitely tell that there's people that are going every day because, you mm-hmm. know, they're finding things or, or looking for things um, that are, have a lot more documents and stuff than, than we had to find there. So, yeah.
1: After we got our reader's cards, uh, you have to go through a fluorescent lighted uh, hallway, and uh, it was it's not too far, but then you go back to the main lobby, like main entrance right across where the security entrance is, and then um, you head into the manuscript reading room. Um, so when you walk in, the first thing you see are a bunch of lockers on your right hand side and they were like the kind of tall-ish high school-y kind of feeling and it was honestly what it felt like using those lockers. But before you do that, you have to sit down uh, at a desk where the security guard is. So you, for first timers, you have to fill out a form uh, where it also has your basic information just so they know what to keep track of and who is there and what you're doing there, why you need to be there and stuff like that. Um, They give you the basic rules and stuff um of the manuscript reading room so things like um you can't uh, use pen like the our, our normal archival research guidelines so you can't use pen you can't chew gum uh you can't put stuff on social media um i think what was different for this time was that we couldn't bring our backpacks and and laptop cases with us so everything had to be on the open. So if you had a laptop, you had to carry that. If you had chargers, you had to carry that. You also can't use your own notebooks. They provide uh, pencils and notepads and paper for you to use. Um, so you don't bring in any of your own stuff. Um, also, when you bring in a laptop, you have to open it. Uh, they have to check it before you go inside. So uh, once you fill that out, that you signed, that you understood, the guard gives you a key on, like, those dog tag chain things like it felt like a dog tag kind of chain thing and then it has the number on the key you go
0: to your locker put in your stuff and then you lock the locker yeah they were fun it was they're <laughs> just big they'll, they'll fit all your stuff so don't worry about that and they're free which they are free being also being from orlando and going to the theme parks i'm not used to free right. locker systems so i was like "Do you have to thank pay for you them? america um so then we you walk over to the desk where the librarians work and you fill out, first timers again, you're f- you, you know, you fill out another card with your information, you state your um, research purpose, and you um, you state, like, the primary collections that you think you're going to be using. And then, you know, the again, the people there were very nice. The woman just walked us through. She, you know, knew we were new, obviously, so she walked us through step-by-step um, step what you do, and... Um so it, when you walk in, like, like Lady said, the lockers are to your right. The information desk is straight ahead of you. And then to the right of the information desk is rows of tables where um, you sit and you do your work. So you're in plain view of the of the librarians um, and, uh, and of the security guard um, so that they can watch you. You have to sit facing them. You can't have your back turned to them at all. And Which we learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so um, it's... You know, it looks almost like a room that you're going to take a standardized test in, right. yeah, but it's very big. It's like, you yeah. know, there's offices kind of in the back and then um, there's not like you don't see any where any of the manuscripts all are. It's all behind like a uh, um, behind the wall and behind another door. So we w- walked over. The tables are numbered. Um, And you take a little card with you and the card, you you know, you put your name, you put the collection that you um, Want with the box numbers um, for the collection So if you don't know those things um, ahead of time They have a catalog there that you can look through to, you know, reference which collection you're gonna need and how many boxes it has Um, We were using the Henry Woodhouse collection, which had seven boxes. You're allowed to take four boxes out at a time So we filled out our card Um, with boxes one through four put table 20 on it my name my signature because I filled out the first card Um, and then you just go you bring it up to the library and you go back to your table and you wait yeah
1: they bring it out to you in a cart in a few minutes so they obviously have to retrieve uh, everything that you just kind of ordered the way that Levy kind of described it was like we were in a restaurant where you put in your order and then you wait a few minutes and then you wait for them to uh, come to your table with the tray full of research but not food so <laughs> it, it, it kind of had like I guess you could think it had one of those feelings like like you know when you're expecting your food to come and then someone's like approaching you with the tray of food but you hope it's your food but it's not your food and it's someone else's <laughs> it's kind of the same feeling um so eventually they come in in their cute little trolley of research goods and uh, they bring it to you uh, if they they have other research um, materials that you may need like things to hold the book up like little foam stands uh, for if you have a book. Um, They also give you folder markers so you keep track because another rule um, for the Library of Congress and in a lot of archives as well is just to um, make sure everything is in the correct order as the way you found it. So the way it works is that you have a folder placer or a marker and um, that's kind of how you keep place of where things are in the box so you want to keep make sure everything is in the same order
0: yeah so the boxes are like they they're almost like small file boxes they're made of cardboard type material they're they're really not that big and um they just kind of open up like from the top they open like to the side and you can't you can't take the boxes off the cart so they have to sit on the cart and you Mm -hmm. pull out one file at a time so you can't have multiple well since we were three people we technically could have multiple files out but we worked one file at a time just because it is really important that you put everything back the way that that it came Um, they also have since we mentioned that you can't take a notebook in they do have blank pieces of paper and pencils that you can use to take any notes And you're allowed to bring, obviously, laptop, phone, camera. Phones need to be on silent. It's a very – it's a much different space than what we've been working in. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very, very quiet. Everyone is in there, very focused, doing their own thing, kind of spread out throughout the room at the different tables. And, um, it, you know, when we're in the county courthouse, you know, it's usually just the three of us. We're in the back of the room, so we're just laughing, chatting, you know, doing whatever. But this is – you know, you're whispering. You're keeping it, you know, professional and um but it's really like you want to know what everyone is working on it's almost like agonizing (laughs) because you see all these people working on things that and and this is something that levy pointed out it has to be history related and so if you love this field and you want to know what people are working on then it's like ah like tell me what you're working (laughs) on like let's have a group meeting where we all talk (laughs) about what we're working on because you just see them like pulling out old documents taking photos you know typing on their laptop and it's like yeah, and I saw what one guy doing? with
1: cotton gloves, too. And I was like, he was looking at photos and I was like, that is some serious. Like, you're very careful. Shout out to you, Mr. <laughs> Historian, like you are doing your job correctly. And that was a really cool thing to see. And, you know, it, like like what Elena said, it was just it was cool because usually um, like in Westmoreland uh, Courthouse, we are by ourselves. We are playing around where, I mean, on a, technically we shouldn't be, but we were like, we mess around with each other. We make jokes and we're laughing out loud. Uh, even at Mount Vernon, it was a quieter setting, but it was just the three of us in the room with the archivists. Like it, 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 it's usually just been us, and then you go to the Library of Congress wow. and you have a bunch of other historians uh. in a huge room. Uh, and they're all just working, uh, working away and whatever they're working on, and it's so you, uh, as we walked past them, you just want to peek at their desk and you just want to see what they're, you like eavesdrop on whatever they're working on, or you want to stop and ask them, like, what is it that you're doing, you know, and it's, it's cool because it's a room full of different people coming from different backgrounds and, you know, you really just, you're curious at how they ended up to be here in the Library of Congress well, today. And uh, you we were uh. even saying at the end of the day when everyone is getting to their lockers, like, all right, everyone, let's let's have a group
0: meeting and talk
1: about what we're working on today. But obviously we didn't do that, but we really wanted to do
0: that. Yeah. And it's just it's neat to think that you're sitting in a room, you know, obviously people are you know probably working on private projects, projects like ours. But to think that you're sitting in a room with someone who could be working on like a monograph or a dissertation, something that right. is going to be, you know, groundbreaking and important. And it's it, the The air in the room is studious, and that's really we were very efficient in there, Mm -hmm. and we got things done very quickly. And I I think the setting um, played a big role in that. I definitely agree. So as I mentioned before, we were working with the Henry Woodhouse collection, and Henry Woodhouse is a strange character himself. Just a little bit about him. He was this Italian guy who came over and reinvented his life a couple times, and eventually his last name. Yeah, Mm -hmm. eventually became um, a kind of wannabe historian and a forger. So definitely not a historian. (laughs) (laughs) And he um, was a you know a collector of Washington documents. He was very interested in the Washingtons, and so this collection. has his personal notes it was you know put together by him and he is using it to tell a very different story about the where he's looking for a very different story about the Washington birthplace he um, and a lot of other people have questioned throughout time whether um, Wakefield and Westmoreland um, is the actual birthplace whether it's that plot of land or another plot of land and um, people like to go back and sift through these things looking for Things that simply aren't there, um, because it, it that is the birthplace, <laughs> and so you know, go get him, Elena. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the <laughs> truth. And so you know, we have this guy who you have to his you have to take his notes with you know a grain of salt because he oh, yeah. he has a very different and specific angle that he's trying to hit with these right. documents, and infuriating to every historian. He also used. red colored pencil to mark up these 17th and 18th century documents in red or
1: blue or whatever and he would like underline names and dates and whatever and then write like little notes in the margins like how dare you that match his
0: wrong agenda
1: which this (laughs) this, this it was all just this entire experience with documents and understanding their importance and, and their fragility. Yes. And then just, these are the kinds of moments where you realize you gain an opinion about someone from so long ago through things like this on documents, because it's like, for one part you get to know the person that's involved in the documents, but li- like throughout time you see who's also interacted with these documents. And when people do things like this on doc, on very original 17th 18th whatever century documents doing this and corrupting them is that a lack of better term yeah um,
0: it's amateur yes and it's very disrespectful and and just how dare you sir so that was something that was frustrating continuously there a very the strong surreal.
1: emotion throughout whenever we saw them we're like
0: oh no why but uh, to his credits if there's any to give. <laughs> <laughs> Um, They were organized pretty well, yeah. Um, (laughs) which is hard to give, but it's true. Each folder um, had his little typed up note about what was contained inside of it. Um, So there was, you know, um, documents about the enslaved that the Washington's dealt with. There was documents about um, Blenheim and Haywood, which are, you know, two other properties close to the birthplace. Um, So they were they were split up, you know, really specifically according to um, just different times or or places or, you know, and that that was overall very helpful. So we were scanning through that collection. We went through three boxes because the everything in the collection is not something we needed. A lot of it is Mm -hmm. is past our time period. And so obviously, you know, you want to give things a quick look through to make sure it's not something that you might want or need. Um, But we we kind of avoided a couple of boxes there. So, um, yeah, we were like I said, we were just going through one folder at a time. Mm -hmm.
1: Saved a lot of time, actually, uh, being able to go through all of them um, together as a team, like with the three of us. And, you know, another shout out to Levy for being able to just drill through them really fast and know what we needed and what we don't need, because obviously he's going to know what he does and doesn't need. So... Yeah, it was it wasn't a bad process and it was overall pretty, pretty easy Um, and just, you know, stumbling upon things that we have never seen before and seeing a little bit more of the life that that they lived in uh, in that time period. There were a bunch of receipts and a lot of um, deeds and other letters. So that was that was really nice to see also.
0: Yeah, one of the the amazing finds, um, it, which which was funny, we actually were ready to leave the archive. We're <laughs> about to walk through the door. Yeah, and um, Levy decided to check the um, the co- like the catalog. Catalog. Thank you. I was going to say collection. Um, one more time, and we found um, Augustine Washington's um, account book. Account book
1: from or William William
0: Augustine Augustine. Washington
1: uh, William Augustine Washington's account book from 1776 to 1792 which was a very active time period for him and the entire family and just seeing all the interactions of you know what he spent money on and what he owed people on as well
0: yeah and it was it was like a whole book Um, yeah so we photographed the whole thing and that was a that was an exciting find because um you know levy has said and we haven't really seen it referenced anywhere right so um this might be one of the you know first times it's kind of popping its head out mm-hmm. again which is really exciting and there's there's a lot of good stuff in there and a lot um those books you know can tell you a lot about just you know the everyday purchases or mm-hmm. it can you know it can show you it can add to your story you know um you know because one of the things we're trying to find out about is if there was um, a fire at the birthplace at some point and so um, a book like that you know if they're buying more building materials if they you know if their buying habits change from the normal right. that can that adds to your story you know it that does. can tell you whether um, whether you know the fire happened or it can tell you other things too so it's a really exciting find A really cool find that we
1: had in our collection was a folder geared specifically towards enslaved people on the Washington plantations, and that, that was really, really interesting because we never had anything like that before. Um, one specific document that we saw was an actual list of um, enslaved people titled, uh, "just." it was just entitled List of Negroes, or was it, and that's, but... You know, which is something that we've had before in our inventories, uh, seen in in the court records before, but was very specific about this one was that it actually listed the birthdays of each one, which was something, you know, we we have never really seen before. Usually it's just the name and the valuation of the person and uh, or the name and their son or their child with them um, and their valuation, but never really in a sense where they Thought it was important to write down the birthday, and that kind of added a little bit of a, a, a human, a human side to it, um, to this, to the whole institution where you know the slave owner thought it was important to write down this their birthday, and so now it just brings in all these questions like why, why did you do that? Why was this important to you? Um, is this for personal reason? You know, I, yeah, I don't think it's for personal reasons, but you know you don't really know the real reason or is it for you know title later on you know for their gain later or um you know it just it just brought up a lot of different questions that that we didn't have before because we didn't know this kind of thing was important at some point so
0: yeah it was exciting there was three different um lists with with those similar titles and it is, I, we really can't stress enough, it's extremely rare to find that um, because typically, you know, these, these plantation owners or, you know, these farmers die and then you're getting an inventory or you're getting a will that, you know, just says the name of the person and, and what their value is. And so, you know, it's it's been really, you know, eye-opening and challenging to just go off of that you know you're trying to create a, um, you know what what their community look like and all you have is someone's first name and that they you know they co- would have cost that much back then so it's like that that's really nothing to go off of so you know having the list of birthdays was was really exciting and, and leaves a lot to be um, figured out uh, you know like lady said the the tithables that that's for taxation purposes right. um, the the younger um, enslaved people they would often go to court which is something we've been seeing in the order books a lot and say you know Sally is a judge to be 12 years old um, so I guess yeah. that means you know she's a she's a tithe so which you know they're going to pay taxes for so it's it it really opens up a lot of new questions and we're excited to use those documents um, and cross-reference them against um, the database that we've been compiling as well as the Mount Vernon database that's available online for anyone to check out. They have a database of um, the enslaved at Mount Vernon. And so we've been cross-referencing our database with that, just like I said, trying to put these communities together, trying to place these people. So now, you know, if, if we know that we have a Johnny at, you know such and such a date and then we find his birthday and it's earlier than that you know you can start to try and make a case for okay well this could be the same person and so you know it, it takes a lot of digging and a lot of looking at in you know a few different places but it's exciting to try and come up with um, a timeline for them that's more than just here they were at, at you know someone's right. death mm-hmm. and they were worth 20 pounds yeah you know it's, it, it's upsetting it adds
1: the main purpose for it is just to give more of an understanding of this entire community you know they were also a very big part of our society um in american history and you know i guess this little side project that we're working on is just to give them more of an identity and humanistic properties because you know that all they were given then was a name an age and a value um and you know as elena said earlier when when they brought these um enslaved children to court to be you know um given an age it really it really was just like is is it really their age is it really their birthday we don't know and um that's all we're working off of so that's why this document that we just found uh in the woodhouse collection was very particular to us because they actually wrote down a birthday they actually can keep track of their ages um at least in their terms i mean i'm not saying we knew when they died or anything like that or if they kept track of something like that but just the fact that they thought it was important to write down their birthday specifically um, was a pretty big deal for us.
0: One of the things that really stood out to me as we were working is I noticed that I've kind of been wearing these like blinders, like I like the horse blinders, you know, on the sides and your peripheral vision um, because you get so focused on your the names that you're working with the dates that you're working with you know your groups your community and your place specifically too you know like I'm we're only thinking about Westmoreland Virginia you know in from 1640 to 1815 so it's like (laughs) you know it's very specific and you you know you start seeing these names over and over and over again I started to forget that you know there's other things going on in the country. there's other things going on in the world and, and something that made me realize that was we, we came across a document that was from 1800 and I am a fan of Thomas Jefferson Jeff, <laughs> Thomas, Thomas yeah, right now. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, my problematic favorite. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's the year that he was elected, you know like that's cool. And right there it was like, my eyes kind of open up and it's like, oh my gosh, there's so many other things going on in these people's worlds Mm -hmm. that that you don't see reflected in the document. So as much as you do see, there are other things you don't see. We haven't seen things about voting or or presidencies. We haven't seen things, you know, relating to the country at large. And so, you know, it's really easy to get sucked in to your own project. But I think me realizing, you know, there's much more going on in the country that just helps to contextualize things even more. And so it took a little while, but you know, now I definitely realized like there's a lot more going on and you know, it, it was really neat. And as I was having that lovely thought, the bell, we heard a little tingling, <laughs> a literal
1: bell, everybody, <gasps> a literal bell went off in the room and that was our 15 minute, 10 minute cue before five o'clock. So that was our, that was your, please start wrapping it up. Pack up your call. things yeah, exactly, and get ready to go home because we all want to go home too. Love the librarians, so we had to start <laughs> getting all of our things together, mm-hmm. uh, start wrapping up. We were actually taking the last final pictures of William Augustine's um, account book, so we were kind of rushing through those. Yeah. Um, but you start seeing people like wrap up and get all their pencils and uh, get all their belongings together, and then they all just kind of they all, we all just kind of gathered together towards the lockers. And um, oh, Elena and I had this thing with the with the lockers because they felt so high schooly, and we were sharing one. So we would like t- start talking to each other like we were still in high school. <laughs> like oh my gosh, did you see what
0: Jimmy was working on? Oh my yeah, God. <laughs> it was very. The whole thing felt very high school. Like okay, the bell at the end of the day, go to your <laughs> locker, get your stuff to get, get ready to go home. So it was it was very funny. It was fun. And um, so we made our way out of there with the, with everyone else. And I didn't notice it on the way. in. I don't know if you did, but. Um, as you're walking out, you go through the same security to get out. You have to, um, before you actually leave the room, you have to show the guard your laptop again. You have to open it up for him and, you know, show him that you're not smuggling papers out in your laptop. (laughs) Um, and then you have to, before you leave the actual building, you have to show, um, the guard your backpack or any bags Mm -hmm. that you have Open them up again, no smuggling. So, um, as we were on our way out to the right, there is this huge room, um, like, tiled floor, high ceilings, columns. I think there's columns, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, columns Beautiful everywhere. lighting, like, warm lighting. And a huge white statue of James Madison. Jimmy. It's, it's the James Madison building. And it's, like, it's very, almost kind of Lincoln-esque. Um, yeah. Maybe not that big, but it's really big yeah. for, for the building. And yeah, yeah. And it's
1: very far too. So I yeah. think if it actually goes super far, like deep into the room, and you can't even tell, like, um, and you know, we I didn't walk into the entire length of the room, but but Levy did at one point, and I was just like, he's not there yet, like he's not <laughs> at the end of the room. Yeah, really and large. And then so I just real like I know that if I were to walk closer to that statue, it would be really big. And I think it's so interesting because no one knows it exists. No one knows the room exists and no one really knows that the statue exists. I mean, at least I didn't know. I mean, like we're always talking about, you know, the T.J. The Memorial, the Thomas Jefferson Memorial, the Lincoln Memorial and stuff like that. No one knows about this James Madison statue, you know, here at the Library of Congress. No one talks wow. about it. There was no one taking a uh, picture around it. I mean, like, granted, except us. <laughs> right. Granted, it was five o'clock and um, that building is used mostly for, you know, business or research. And so there's not a lot of tourists in there. It's not very the pretty touristy part. Of the Library of Congress. Yeah, to be clear,
0: it is a whole uh, separate building. Uh, it's like, across the street. Yeah, so don't get excited. You're not gonna have the beautiful painted ceilings <laughs> and things like that. It's you know, it's still a nice building, but it's very much a business right. library building. Yeah. So don't, you know, don't and I get kinda, it twisted. I
1: kinda felt bad for James Madison in that in that sense where it was like, oh man, like you can't get that, you know, that recognition. But you know, it was it really was a very gorgeous room and it was a nice statue and he looked really cool. Like he was a little slouchy, like sitting down and he had the, the thinker hand on his face like ooh, he looks very like 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 he's just thinking really hard so
0: um so after taking our obligatory tourist photos um we, we went out into the streets to brave the rain and go find some food it was great it was a nice day This podcast was produced by me, Philip Levy, with special thanks to the George Washington Birthplace National Monument, the National Park Service, the Organization of American Historians, the University of South Florida, and the University of Mary Washington.